This morning we're going to be uh, talking in Psalm 62, and the topic is going to be waiting. Uh, how many, raise your hands if you like to wait for anything. <laughs> My son's raising his hands. I, I know that's not true. If you think about it, you have to wait throughout your life for lots of things. You have to wait to be old enough to go to school. I can, I can even remember being young enough that I wanted, to, I, I wanted to be old enough to go to school. You know, that was a big thing. Um, getting older, you have to wait until you're able to drive, old enough to be able to drive. Uh, you have to wait to get married, uh, for the right person to get married to. You, once you're married, you have to, to wait for God to give you a child. Um, you have to wait for job promotions. There's just many things to wait for. And uh, uh, you can, uh, sometimes it's not waiting for something, but waiting to be delivered from something. Say a, a difficult situation with somebody that you work with, or perhaps a financial situation at home. Um, all these things, it's difficult to wait for. And Psalm 62 is about waiting. And not just any kind of waiting, but waiting in silence before the Lord. The background to, to Psalm 62 is uh, it's written by David. Go ahead and turn there if you haven't already, if you, if you want to. And it's written by David when he was fleeing or, or trying, to, trying to survive when Absalom, his son, was rebelling against him, against his throne. It seems like David was half his life or more, he was running from somebody who was trying to kill him. And, and this is one of those instances. After he had been king, his son had, had, had taken over and, and uh, was trying to get rid of him. There's two key themes that I have picked out from, from, the, from the, the psalm. And so we want to be, I, want to, I want you to think about these as we're reading it. Uh, key theme number one is uh, wait in silence. That's a phrase that you see um, several times uh, in the passage. Wait in silence. Key theme number two is salvation is from God alone. You're going to see many phrases throughout this psalm. Phrases like, my rock, my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge. Salvation is from God alone. And in fact, before we're done, we're going to turn this all around so that our situation, the situation that each of us face in our lives, is not the most important thing. God's glory and God's work is the most important. And that's what's going to, really, our success is going to hinge upon how we understand that. Let's go on to the actual passage itself. And I'm going to kind of diagram the passage before we start reading. Verses 1 and 2, uh, it, it, there's the, the psalm kind of divides up into pairs of verses, and, and they alternate between um, talking about God being the source of our salvation and the description of the conspirators or the wicked people that are after David. Um, we won't so much dwell on those as we will about the, pat, the, the, the verses that talks about God being our source of, of salvation, our refuge. Let's start. Let's go ahead with uh, with uh, reading, starting at verse one. My soul waits in silence for God only. From Him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will you assail a man? 
How long will you assail a man that you may murder him, all of you, like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence? They have counseled only to thrust him down from his high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. My soul, wait, for, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be, I shall not be shaken. On God my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Men of low degree are only vanity, and men of rank a lie. In the balances they go, they go up. They are together lighter than breath. Do not trust in oppression, and do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and loving kindness is yours, O Lord, for you, recompense, for you recompense a man according to his work. I'd like to go through the psalm briefly and just kind of go from, from verse to verse and, and pick out things that, that meant um, something to me and I thought were important. Um, first of all, I'd like to consider verses 1 and 2 and also their companion verses 5 and 6. If you look at the passage, you'll see that they're, they're more or less restatements of, of each other. 5 and 6 are, are a restating of verses 1 and 2. But there's a, there's, a, there's a very small, important difference that I picked up on. Um, if, if I'll just read verse 1. My soul waits in silence for God only. From Him is my salvation. If you read verse 5, David is instructing, you know, he's, he's stated a truth, but then notice how he, um, is, in verse 5, he instructs his, he instructs his soul to, do, to, to accomplish it. Uh, verse 5 says, My soul... Wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. He's, it's like, um, I believe, help my unbelief. And David is saying, he's, he's saying, he's instructing himself to do the right thing, to trust in God only. Waiting for God's timing and waiting for His plan in our lives is not the natural thing to do for us, at least not for me. I'm going to say us a lot. Okay, well, I mean myself when I say that. You know, so don't, you know, I'm not trying to read too much in, but I kind of assume that if it's tough for me, then it may be tough for others as well. But waiting for God's time, it's not the natural thing to do. Um, I'm reminded of my children. I've noticed that, that uh, sometimes we'll ask them to do something or, or uh, give them a task to do, and maybe they have other ideas at the time. Well, they kind of launch into a, talking about what, what, uh, but Dad, you know, that, that's not, usually it's not, oh, yes, Dad, we'll do that right away. Lots of times they do do that, but sometimes it's also, well, but Dad, I, da-da-da-da-da, you know, and, it's, and it, they end up, it comes across as justifying their own position and, and, uh, and, justif- and, and basically expressing their will, not their willingness to do what I want them to do. And, uh, you know, I think we do that with the Lord sometimes, maybe, maybe too often. I think that's the key for the word silence throughout this passage. It doesn't mean a literal quiet, although that's, there's nothing 
there's, that's good too sometimes, meditating in silence. But I think more importantly, the silence means that we um, surrender or, or put to death our will and we are quiet to listen to what God has to say. It's like saying, yes, Daddy, instead of going on about what we want or what, you know, as a child, what we want. Um, I think that uh, I think that's a key. Is and again, I'll just restate right now. I think that one of the most important things throughout this passage, if you get one thing this morning, it's that um, it's God's plan and it's God's timing that's important, not my timing, not what I want. I may think I know what's best, but there's no way for me to really judge that from my limited perspective. Going on to verse, uh, kind of skipping down and going on to verse 8. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. You know, I thought of a, from a child story, I thought of a negative example that, I'll, that I'm going to read about waiting. About the waiting place. You guys like, oh, the places you'll go, Dr. Seuss. This had to be close to one of the last books he ever, he had written. It's 1990, so... Uh, at any rate, uh, it's too bad you can't see the great art, if you remember, but uh, I'm going to pick up about this little boy. This little boy is uh, walking through life. This is what this story is about, the places that he's going to go. And one of, these, one of these places that's not so great is the, uh, the waiting place. So picking up a little early, it says, uh, You can get so confused that you'll start into race down long, wiggled roads at a breaknecking pace. And grind on for miles across weirdish, wild space, headed, I fear, toward a most useless place, the waiting place. Anybody, I don't know if you can see the, the line, the cues of people lining up, and for people just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow or waiting around for a yes or a no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for a wind to fly a kite, waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. And, uh, of course, that's not the, he condemns that, that place in this book and, and uh, as being a most useless place that the little boy escapes later on. You know, when we wait in silence for the Lord, it's not some sort of apathetic, I hope it turns out well, situation. Um, we're supposed to be proactive, even though silence to us kind of sounds um, as though we're not doing anything. In reality, we are, because uh, in verse 8 it says that we pour our house we pour out our hearts before him. It's not that he doesn't want to hear what we have to say, because he does. He just doesn't want us to um, uh, make excuses or try to tell him the way it's going to be. Some of the positive, uh, some positive examples or, or verses on trust are these two short ones. Proverbs 16.9 says, the, man of, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. 
We need to trust the Lord, and that's the key to being able to wait for His plan in silence before the Lord. If we don't trust Him, then we're just on our own grasping for what we think is right. If we're able to understand that His purposes are paramount in front of our own, and that He has promised to take care of us if we seek His will first, then we don't have anything to worry about. We don't have anything to grasp at. And so I think um, it's, it's important to know that pouring out our heart and talking to Him is, is a good thing to do. I reflect on sometimes I can fall into a, a, a trap at work of kind of grumbling and complaining uh, about just whatever, about, about, about pay, about, you know, leadership. It, it's, it's probably not unique to my job. You know, and I thought, I kind of thought I was preparing for the sermon. If I spent the emotional energy that I do for complaining and grumbling, if I spent that on praying and talking to the Lord, think what a different kind of person I would be, or even appear to, other, to my coworkers. You know, that's, that was kind of convicting to me. Um, that's, that's something that I think is, is, is good to do, to, to invest in the Lord and not, and not to uh, indulge our, our flesh in that way. Let's skip down again to verse 10. We're going to skip verse 9 about the wicked men and just go on straight to verse 10. Do not trust in oppression and do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. You know, when I read this, I thought about the, the, the temptation it is to shortcut God's plan. You know, like if we, if we know we want something and, and we have a goal in mind, but maybe we're just a little impatient about God getting us there, you know, it can be very tempting to uh, take matters into our own hands, whatever that looks like in, in a given situation, and to go get it. We, maybe it's in our power to get it what, we think it, what we think we want or what we think God wants. But uh, to sin in the process of what, getting what we want and not knowing what God has for us in the big picture, we could actually be getting ourselves out, outside of what God would really want us, where God really wants us to be. I think, I mean, especially the last line, if riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. You know, maybe God wants you to, to prosper uh, financially, but maybe next year he's going to ask you to give that up. Can you do that? That's very difficult in our, well, for anybody it would be difficult. One example I thought of uh, about not trusting in oppression, you know, not, not taking um, a shortcut uh, via sin is, is David and Saul. Remember earlier um, in his life, David was running from Saul, and even though he knew he was the rightful king of Israel, remember there was a chance where he had a chance to kill Saul while Saul was sleeping, and instead he cut off a piece of his robe, and then, you know, he made Saul to know that he could have, he could have killed him but didn't. You know, it would have been very tempting for David to, to end Saul's life right there. I'm sure he was tired of running, tired of hiding out in caves, always being one step ahead of, of Saul's men. But he knew that to, to get what, even what was rightfully his in the wrong way, that was not going to honor God, and that was not a wise thing to do. So I think for us, if we, if, we, if we want something, and even if we think it's what God wants us to have, we need to, the process is important too, that we need to get there in the right way. 
And so it's important for us to, to, be, to be talking to the Lord and, and, and doing what he wants us to do, trying to find out what, what that is. On to the last two verses. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this. I th- that kind of sounds funny to me. I, I think that that's perhaps a, a, a Middle Eastern way of saying, pay attention to what I'm about to say. This is important. Um, and that is that power belongs to God, and loving kindness is yours, O Lord, for you recompense a man according to his work. God has the power and the love that, that we need. He is... He is um, he deserves our praise and all the glory. And that's, again, getting back to the idea that if we can twist it around in our mind, turn it around in our mind, not twist it, turn it around in our mind, <laughs> that, uh, that, that God's glory is more important than our circumstances and our life um, here on earth. You know, to me, that just makes all the difference in how we can actually accomplish what's in this psalm. I th- I'm glad that, that, that God really does not recompense a man according to his work. Because if that were literally true in, this, in the narrowest sense, of course we'd all fall short. And we would all be condemned to eternity without him. But thanks, I'm thankful that God sent his son Jesus, and I'm glad that, that Jesus died for our sins, and that he rose so that we could have eternal life. Even, for, even on this earth, God sends rain on the righteous and the wicked. So, at, when, I, when I read this verse, I was kind of a little unsure of what it really meant. Um, but in looking further, I think that, I think that it means that, that at the end of our lives, um, at the final judgment, God will, our, our deeds that were outside of His purposes or, or not, not uh, enduring, they'll burn up and, and whatever remains is, is what's left when we're with Him in heaven. I'll go ahead and read that verse uh, from 2 Corinthians to, to back that up. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. To sum up, I, uh, I think it's very important to, to shift our to shift our, our gaze upward and to, to just continually, every day as David did, to uh, instruct our soul to wait on the Lord, to always be on guard against what we're capable of as far as forgetting God, um, grasping for our own things. Let's always be on guard against that. Let's make God our priority. And, and you know, it just, it, it just I'll repeat what I said earlier. You know, if people could see us as Christians in difficult situations and seeing us not grumble and complain or blame our boss or you name it, but instead to, to endure patiently, relying on God to sustain us, you know, that's a pretty big witness. That's a very big, that's a strong statement about the God that we believe in. That's very important. The other thing is, waiting in silence is not just waiting. Uh, waiting in silence is trusting. It's trusting in the God who has promised to take care of us. It's crying out to Him, communicating with Him as intimately as we possibly can, 
and, and that's what he desires. To close, I'd like to uh, read a verse that uh, I told Mike what I was teaching on, and, and uh, he just whipped this verse just off the tip of his lips, and it's a familiar verse, um, Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. And I would just, it's my hope that that would be true for each one of us, that if we're tempted to, to uh, be frustrated with, with what we're going through in life, that we would say, that we would put a stop to that, that we would, that we would say, wait a minute, I'm going to rely on the Lord. I'm going to wait for what He has. I'm not going to try to circumvent Him. I'm going to just let Him work through me. Lord, I just pray that, that uh, we would be like David. I pray that you would uh, give us the strength and the wisdom to wait on you, to call your name, to be intimate with you, to have an intimate relationship with you and our communication with you. And Lord, I just pray that when we're tempted to be frustrated in any way with what life gives us, I pray that we would wait on you and your timing. And Lord, we know and we trust that you've in your promises that you've all, that you will always take care of us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lead not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Lord, we trust in that verse, and we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.